From San Diego, California, this is One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex is taking the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663, or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's episode, we're talking about money fights and the damage they can have on the two of you. There's an anonymous quote that says, there's never a reason to fight about money. Money can always be made, but hurtful words can never be taken back. We'll talk about that a little bit in today's episode. Yeah, we are. But first, we start every episode with a hug. And a hug is an opportunity for us to, to share what you're doing, the transformation you've had, and, and just the action mm-hmm. that you're taking in your own marriage. And this can- hug comes from a comment that was on an Instagram post that we had that said, mm. a friend recommended the Six Pillars of Intimacy book. So we got that. My hubs then found the podcast and we listened to it almost constantly. Mm. We've gone from barely any dates to now scheduling two dates a month, plus our quote, logistical lunches, Mm. where we review our family calendars, which is going where and when and who needs what. That's awesome. I love it. You Love know, it. it's that type of creativity, you know, whether we're talking about coffee breaks or, you know, uh, over the walk and talks over the years where so many of you have come up with these fabulous names that really take the tool and you make it yours. Mm-hmm. And uh, so logistical lunches, something, uh, something the rest of you might be thinking about. How do we work this into our marriage? Yep. And if you are a friend who has referred somebody to the book, to the podcast, thank you. Mm-hmm. You, you really are making a difference and it doesn't go unnoticed here. Uh, Elisa and I and the entire team is always so appreciative when you trust us enough to share us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we know because of you, we're impacting more marriages. So thank you very much to each and every one of you who share. So over the last few days, there's been a number of different coaching conversations that I've been having with clients um, talking about finances. And and one in particular, we were, you know, we were talking about, you know, what are you spending money on? What are the choices you're making? Who's spending what? What's the impact all of this is having on the family? And, you know, truth be told, I've been coaching for over 10 years now. So not my first rodeo when it comes to sitting across from a couple talking about finances. And can I just say something? If you've ever had sort of like a money discussion or a money fight with your spouse? Can you just give me like a raise of a hand or maybe you're, you can just give me a little nod right now because I think I, we don't like to say all. A very, 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 very high percentage. Of you have most likely have had some sort of disagreement, fight, argument around money at some point in time in your marriage. And, and for those of you that would tell me, Elisa, we don't fight, you've probably had a very strong discussion. <laughs> I'm just gonna. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Not yeah. saying all yeah. of you. You might just... not have agreed on finances at some point in time in exactly. your marriage. And you know, it's, it, it, there's this commonly held belief that you know, one of the top things that couples fight about is money. And I will tell you, you know, when you do research uh, you know, and start prepping for an episode like this and you start looking at it and you're like, what are the top things that couples fight about? Money is usually in the top three, mm-hmm. sometimes the top five, depending on you know, the kind of the bent of the website or the article. But it's true. It's absolutely true that financial intimacy is one of those areas that most couples at some point in time in their marriage, it doesn't have to be a consistent thing, 
but at some point in time, find themselves fighting about. And it could be, you know, well, how much is being spent or what are we spending money on? Or, you know, do we spend money on something or who's spending you know, money at Target or at Costco or, you know, what, what showed up from Bass Pro outlets? How many of you have gotten a little frustrated when every time you open the door, there's an Amazon package? So there's one in the morning and then there's one at night. Amazon Prime, baby. Come on, like it's happened, right? There, there are arguments about savings and about retirement and about vacations, and you know, part of the reason we're doing this episode is because extraordinary marriages don't have to be like everyone else, right? We don't have to be living in a place where there's this tug of war about money and marriage. We can do it differently. Mm. There is nothing, nowhere is it written that couples can't figure out how to be financially intimate. It's not like there's some like, oh, well, I'm sorry, this isn't for you. It's no, there's a reason why on page 99 of the Six Pillars of Intimacy, The Secret to an Extraordinary Marriage, I wrote that financial intimacy is more than just, we need to talk about the budget. It's about being close and connected in every financial aspect of your marriage. It's having a plan for your day-to-day finances, but also your different accounts, insurances, plans for retirement, and the creation of a state plan. Basically, if it has to do with money, it falls under the pillar of financial intimacy. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, I wrote that as a wife who has had money fights with her husband. Some of them were even documented. I can't even remember where the sequence was, but there was like two or three episodes in a January of one year where- It was during those those recession years when we had made- we, we were we were doing well because we knew we had to have a cash flow plan that fit where we were at that time in our lives. And we had set up a a specific amount for our Christmas presents and gifts. And you well overspent that. I owned it in the episodes, guys. It's not like he's right. blaming me or accusing me. But you well overspent that. And so what ended up happening when we came to January all of that began to hit. Because I couldn't hide it. Right. And, and at that time, we didn't have credit cards, but it was because it was an overspend the month before we were, that was it. We, we had an overspend the month before in December, which then led to a deficit in January because we just didn't have those funds coming in through the business or other means. And so we were coming up short at the end of January. Um, we, we found out about it more like mid January. And so that's when we, we talked about, I don't remember what year or what episode that is. Some of you probably know what episodes those are better (laughs) than that, but I know we talked about, it's not, that's not been, that wasn't the first time and it wasn't the last time that we've had money fights. Um, because money is one of those things that is difficult for couples. And there are some really good reasons why it's difficult. Um, first of all, this is often a, a newsflash for some of my coaching clients, I say a little tongue in cheek, but you and your spouse are two different people Mm -hmm. and you grew up with two different money mindsets and experiences in regard to how money is handled, how money is spent, who handles the money, how decisions are made regarding money. You've likely had your own experiences as you were growing up in, you know, to your teenage years, young adult years, before you got married, early married, like all of these experiences we, we take those in, our bodies know them, and it impacts how we communicate about money. It impacts our comfort level with money. And 
And I want to say this, money isn't just the dollars and cents. I, I know it's easy um, for those of you that love spreadsheets. I know it's easy to just be like, no, Lisa, I've got my 12 spreadsheets with 88 lines on them. It's totally dollars and cents. All of you that have the spreadsheets, you know you're married to someone, very likely, who is quite emotional about money. I don't want to talk about it. It's too much for me. I don't feel like mm. money has an emotional component to it. Your financial intimacy. There, there's a reason we talk about it being closeness and connection because there is this emotional component to money, mm. which is where those fights come in. Because whether things are going well or they're not, the differences in all of that and the emotions associated you know, can lead to increased stress. The potential for financial infidelity, broken trust, and even divorce. Mm. Right? Learning to be financially intimate isn't just so that like, we can talk about money. It's actually a protection in one of the number one ways that couples find themselves heading down the road of divorce. So think about mm. getting equipped around this idea of how do we talk about money? How do we build muscle in this pillar? Think of this as you know, one of those preventative, me me uh, preventative measures, guarding your marriage against one of the biggest attacks. Th there's a reason why this pillar is so important, why building muscle in this pillar is so important. Because if you don't, all five other pillars can be impacted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just, I think of this, and Elisa said it so well, there's a, there, there's two sides of it, right? There's the, the numbers and cents, and then there's the emotional. And sometimes we can even be the individual who can see it from that number and cents, and yet there's still this emotional component, and then your spouse is completely either like all numbers and cents or emotional about it. Mm -hmm. And so we have to recognize and realize that money does play a big impact for each of us. And as we strengthen our pillars of intimacy, and especially our financial intimacy pillar, we get to learn and understand what that is for ourselves and for our spouse. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, we strengthen our marriage, right? We can have the extraordinary marriage we desire because we're uncovering, we're, 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 we're sort of digging in and understanding. And through that, we begin to have like an under, uh, an understanding to have empathy for mm -hmm. our spouse and even a way to, and I, and a lot of people don't like this word in marriage, but I think it's a word that needs to be used a little bit more. We need to compromise. Mm. We need to be able to compromise. It's okay if I don't always get my way. And it's okay if Elisa doesn't always get her way. We come together as a team. We meet up in the middle. And there are places where I have to compromise and say, you know what, Elisa? Because of where you are when it comes to money, because of the way you see it and the motion you have around it, I'm willing to release some of what I think we need to have or the control and vice versa. And so that way we can come to a place where we strengthen that pillar of intimacy together. Again, I know a lot of people don't like that word. And yet I feel like there are a lot of times in our marriage where we've had to compromise mm. around our financial intimacy. So that way we could reach the goals and understand it together. You're right. And, you know, as I think about it, you know, I think about the fact that 
that you and I were two really young kids. Mm-hmm. Right. For those of you that don't know, Tony and I met um, when I was just about to turn 20 and he was 21. We married at 22 and 23 and have been married for 27 years. We've had a lot of different financial situations in that almost 30-year period of time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having to, to navigate those because of the impact of financial intimacy on the other five pillars has been a really big deal because I want you to think about it, right? Like, like first, and we, I mentioned this a couple times, but it's the emotions mm-hmm. that you have around money and it's the emotions that you have around money conversations, Right. You may not think so much about money, but when your spouse brings up something about like we need to talk about the credit card bill or we need to talk about where we're going on vacation or things like that, you feel it somewhere in your body. It's your verbal and nonverbal communication. You don't even need to say something. If your spouse brings it up and you cross your arms and you turn away, everything has been said. Yep. Um, it's the, the situation where when there's high stress around finances – it can impact your physical intimacy. You may find yourselves not, you know, not touching one another, not hugging one another because there's just this like thing. It's almost like the elephant in the room is between the two of you and you aren't touching one another. So your financial inti- or your physical intimacy takes a hit. Right. And physical intimacy is your non-sexual touch. Mm-hmm. So when we're saying it takes a hit, you no longer are holding hands. You're no longer putting your hand on his or her knee. You're not giving – because, again, you, you, you're, you're speaking – to one another by going, I'm mad at you, or I don't agree with you, or this is a bad decision, and I'm going to show you through my through my physical touch Ooh. that actual, and it could even happen in in your marriage bed mm-hmm. where you guys would cuddle together, and maybe you're naked, and now you put on all your clothes and you make sure you stay as far away from your spouse as you Dang. can. So absolutely. So there's there's the physical intimacy and how it gets impacted. Mm-hmm. You may you know if things are tight or not going well with your finances, you may spend less time together. Mm-hmm. Your, so your recreational intimacy is going to take a hit. Financial stress definitely impacts libido and the frequency that a couple will have sex. And, and when you're dealing with all of that, you may even see that that increased stress and disconnect leads to to cracks in your spiritual intimacy. You may not feel like going to church together. You may not pray together because you have all of this stress. And I just want to like really push on this. What if what if we stepped into this place of choosing to do something different when it comes to to money and financial intimacy, to to break out of that cycle and to start looking at like what's a different way that we can approach these money conversations? Let's talk about how to do that after this break. Stress, hormone changes, and lack of sleep can impact your skin, causing issues like dryness, dark spots, and acne. I know the closer I get to 50, the more aware I become of this. OneSkin, today's sponsor, offers a simple skincare routine to address these concerns at a cellular level. OneSkin has developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to improve the health of your skin beneath the surface without irritation or a complicated multi-step routine. I use the OS1 face topical supplement on my face and neck, which often needs a little extra care with age. Additionally, the OS1 eye supplement helps keep the under eye area fresh, even on little sleep. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OEM at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OEM. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. 
Please support your show and tell them we sent you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back. And we're talking about how to break the cycle of money fights. And I said it a few minutes ago, and Tony and I, you know, kind of joked about it even throughout this episode, but but the two of you are different. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have different triggers and you're going to have different strengths when it comes to money. And, and being able to discuss what the two of, what those are between the two of you is huge. Because if I don't know what your triggers are, but I keep pushing those triggers and I see you blow up and I'm like, what the heck is wrong with Tony? Well, then we might need to talk about it. Or vice versa. And he said this earlier, and we do have different strengths when it even comes to handling finances within our home. Like I tend to handle more the the monthly type stuff and Tony does more of the long-term stuff. Why different strengths? Mm -hmm. And we really press in and lean into those strengths based on the season that we're in. And what that looks like. You know, I, I want to encourage you guys to do something that I say in a lot of my coaching sessions with clients when we're talking about finances. Have regular money meetings. Mm-hmm. Put the time on the calendar, whether it's once a month, every two weeks, one, whatever works for the two of you. There's no prescribed amount. But have those conversations. What are we doing? What's going on with, you know, insurance and, you know, life insurance policies and retirement plans. And we're having lots of conversations around money in our house right now because we've got two that are about to go off to college. And so we're talking fast fed and all of these types of conversations that are happening in our house, but it's doing it regularly so that things don't fall through the cracks. Mm -hmm. And one of the things with this, if you're just starting out, it may take a number of meetings and times together to divulge everything because one of the big things that Elisa and I hear often and have done ourselves is one, both of you might be doing some credit card shuffle, Mm. may even have some credit cards or other debts that your spouse doesn't even know about have, you know, you've looked at your credit score and it's gone. It's tanked for some reason. So there can be some things where we can feel shameful. We can feel guilty about Mm -hmm. that that are weighing us down. Absolutely. It's like what we were talking about last week and in, in, in you're feeling stuck, mm-hmm. right? We, we've been there. We've had over $50,000 of debt. We had to get ourselves out of it. We've, we've gone through highs and lows. We've shared. And yet for you, where are you right now? Because if you haven't had the first meeting yet, it can feel very intimidating mm-hmm. to be like, oh my gosh, we got to divulge everything. No, it, it might be just that you're going to just start making it a, at a point to go, what's our cash flow plan? Like what money is coming in and what money is going out right now? Like, where are we? Because that can be, that can be stressful as it is because you're going, well, we make five grand a month and we're spending six. Mm. Well, that right there shows that there's, there's something going on and we need to address it. Mm-hmm. Elisa and I have gone to and used many a folks 
We, we love Dave Ramsey for his debt snowball. We've used other folks and, and have liked other folks for what they bring around money. So there are many different ways to have success. Find what works best for the two of you and where you are in this season. Absolutely. And, and know your spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, if they can't handle really, really long conversations around money, don't have really, really long conversations around money. I, I know that might sound like overly simplistic, but but you want to keep them engaged if you're the one that's like coming forth and bringing the finances. Um, I had- I, This is a compromise. This is a compromise, 100%. Th- th- this is. You could talk about it for three hours. Your spouse can handle 30 minutes. Can we compromise at 45? Can, can, can you get what you need to say done succinctly, clearly in 45 minutes? I think you can. Well, and again, if it comes back to the fact that you're having regular money meetings, you don't have to get everything done at once. Truth. Right? Like it, it's kind of like it's kind of like when we talk about sex, right? Like if you're only having sex once a year, then it better be amazing and it, and it better last a really really long time. If you're having sex multiple times a week, then if you have a sex, you know, an encounter that isn't great, you're like, yeah, yeah. okay, whatever. We're going to do it again next you know next week or in a couple of days. Same kind of thing. The more you practice this, the easier it will mm-hmm. get, but it also teaches you about your spouse. You know, if the two of you have debt, and this was one of the most powerful things that Tony and I did in breaking down those money fights, we went after our debt together. Mm-hmm. We, we created a game plan. We, we went after this and said, all right, you know what? This is Team Lorenzo taking on the debt. We're going we're gonna to get scrappy. We're going to do the things that we have to do. But it ultimately brought us together. I've got a couple that I'm coaching, and they've got a four-and-a-half-year plan to get out of all of their debt. And I will tell you, they make decisions as a team. Mm. to to get this paid off and they're doing it. And is it easy? Not every month. But you know what? They're committed to being on the team and to having everything paid off in four and a half years. And they're super excited about I it. I love it. You know, to that end, share your goals in your bank account. And I know some of you, if you were driving, you probably just tapped the brakes a little bit. Did she just say that? Yes, she did. What are your financial goals? What do the two of you want to to accomplish. One of the questions I often ask my coaching clients is, what's the desired outcome? You know, why are you working? What are you doing? What what do you want to do with your finances? What's the desired outcome? Because even though the two of you may have different ways of getting there, if you know what you're both working towards, makes it a whole lot easier to stay in alignment. And with having shared checking accounts. And I know some of you, you don't. And, and I understand there can be reason to keep business accounts separate. We have separate business accounts. That's not what I'm talking about. We've always had a joint checking account. Um, I had this thought as I was preparing for this episode. And um, a, a shared checking account is kind of like when you were four or five and you were like having to share toys, right? When, when you had to share a toy when you were little, you had to learn about how to get along with others. You had to learn how to play nice and you didn't always get your way, right? Sometimes you had to give it up so that Johnny could go play with the toy and you had to choose something else. Well, that's kind of what a joint checking account's like, mm. right? You have to communicate. You have to learn how to play nice. You don't always get your way. So when you're like, oh, do we or don't we? Think back to being five and all the lessons you learned because it's probably pretty applicable to where you are today. And I, w- I want to speak to all the business owners out there, big or small, wherever you may be. Um, fantastic book that we have used in our own business a lot about, okay, what different accounts do we have going on? What buckets so we can understand like where are things coming in, where are things going from, you know, 
taxes and expenses and profits and everything else, there's a fantastic book um, called Profit First, Transform Your Business from a Cash-Eating Monster to a Money-Making Machine. I highly recommend it. We have used this in our own business. I have shared this with many of friends um, from big to small. Uh, I was even talking to a friend yesterday who's just going through some cash flow issues and, and the business was booming and now he's had, he's had a little bit of a step back and trying to get things back in order. And he's like, Tony, I picked up profit first again. And he goes, you know what? I put it back in place mm-hmm. and I had to show my wife what we got going on. So when she's asking for money to bring it over to the personal checking, I'm able to show her like, hey, we still have some things we got to deal with over here. This is what we have. Mm. Um, fantastic, fantastic book. I'll put an, a link here to, in the episode notes for you. And finally, you know, if you find yourself in this cycle of fights around money and it's just not getting any better, I want to encourage you, you know, get help. Mm-hmm. Like if you've tried and you've tried and you've tried and it's still like, you're like, oh my gosh, why, why do we keep living in this conflict cycle? Do something about it. I mean, I, I wrote a book called Six Pillar, The Six Pillars of Intimacy, Conflict Resolution, The Secret to Breaking the Conflict Cycle in Your Marriage. If nothing else, just get that book and start identifying what the cycle looks like for the two of you around money. Start diagramming it, right? Because sometimes when you see it, and you're mm-hmm. like, well, what do we fight about? How do we fight about? When do things happen? What are the feelings? And, and you get that understanding. You are empowered to make different choices. And when you make different choices, you go from the high likelihood of being a statistic mm-hmm. to being different. And I would say, dare to be different. Don't be a statistic when it comes to the threat that money fights can be in your marriage. Yeah. Wow. You know, money plays an integral part of our marriages. Mm. And if we are not being attentive to it, if we're not looking at our financial intimacy pillar and seeing where we're strong and where there are cracks, eventually the cracks are going to grow and we're going to have some issues. Mm -hmm. And so this is your time and your chance to go enough's enough. Like we need to address the money. We gotta stop having these money fights and we need to get on the same page together. And so if that's you this week, go after it. Go get a money, you know, go get a money meeting on the on the calendar and get started. Start somewhere. This whole month we have just been talking about what you can do. So you can have the extraordinary marriage you desire. What are the breakthroughs you have that you need? Where have you been apathetic? Where have you been hanging out? What, where are you just like leaning away from? But we're, we're encouraging you to lean in mm-hmm. so you can have all your pillars strengthened in living the marriage you want. So with that, you guys have yourselves a fantastic week. We'll catch you next week. Love you guys.